An entitled Karen called me racist because I wouldn't break federal law just for her. So when I was 18, I was working at a call center that handled debit and credit card fraud and identity theft issues for a bank. For a bit of background, according to federal law, even if you open an account online, you have to provide documentation that proves your identity in order to prevent scammers and criminals from making fake accounts and messing everything up for the bank and the customers. It also provides a way for the bank to identify someone posing as you should someone else ever try to impersonate you. As much as I hated it, when we had people call in because their accounts were on hold, due to not providing proof of identity, it always landed in my department because everyone just assumed we're the ones that took care of it. One night, I got a call from a lady who was very irate and was already yelling when I got on the call. One of the agents from a sister site had decided to cold transfer the abusive customer straight to my department because, you know, why not? And they never told her that they were transferring her in the first place. That's a great start to an already crappy call, but it was about to get much worse. As soon as the lady heard me talking, she was already spitting accusations of discrimination discrimination and racism, claiming that we were just putting her accounts on hold because of the color of her skin, stating that she worked so hard for her money and that people like us are exactly the type of people who would do this. She immediately started saying that if I didn't unfreeze her accounts so that she could pay her bills, she was going to sue me, the agent from the other site, the company, and pretty much everybody. I did everything I could to calm her down and asked to put her on hold for a minute so that I could review the account. She told me I had better hurry up, and I put her on hold so I could see what was going on. The woman had recently opened the accounts and never verified her identity with the bank using her documentation. Again, it's federal law, and even if I did have the ability to unfreeze the accounts, I could have been fined hundreds of thousands of dollars and face potential jail time. Now, I don't care who you are, but facing jail and fines that I could never afford was nowhere near worth proving I wasn't racist and had nothing to do with the issue in the first place. When I got back on the phone, I started explaining the issue to the woman and even tried to help by asking if she had sent in her documentation as requested by the bank. She actually did calm down a little bit and answer the following questions. And this was all so I could try and help understand the situation just a little bit better. And I was able to locate the documentation that she had sent in. But here's the kicker. She had sent it in just minutes before calling and it was already outside of business hours on a Friday. I explained to her that the documentation had arrived on my end. But I also had to explain that because she sent it outside of regular business hours, it wouldn't reach the back office until the following business day, and it would take three to five business days to review it. And you can guess what happened next. She again launched into this racist rant that I was just doing this because of the color of her skin, and that apparently I must hate people with her skin color, and then she demanded to speak to my supervisor. At this point, my patient was worn out, and I was desperate to get out of this situation. I called my manager over and was about to explain everything when the manager took my mouse from my hand and hung up on the customer. He informed me that he had passed by and heard some racial slurs coming out of my headset and jumped in to listen on the call to see what was going on since I was usually pretty good about diffusing situations like this on my own. He told me that he was impressed that I hadn't hung up already on her, especially after the first set of slurs, but he told me that he refused to let me get yelled at like that ever again, especially when I was trying so hard to be nice to this racist Karen. As much as I hate to say it, the call didn't end there. The Karen got a hold of an agent from the sister location and actually got them to unfreeze her account. On top of that, she got the agent to file a report against me, and the agent even stated that I was the one who unfroze the accounts. Bottom line, corporate was out for blood, and because of that agent, they were out for mine. My manager went on to convince them that I was innocent by playing the callback for the higher managers in the office, and I didn't find out until a few days later when corporate wanted to verify some information with me. Thankfully, I was left alone. 
but I decided it would be better to start looking around for a new job, especially with the fact that I almost got hate crime charges pressed on me on top of charges for breaking federal law. Yeah, that's a terrible situation to be stuck in. I've worked at a bank. I can only imagine what the call center's like. You get treated so terribly. People treat you like dirt. I think if you want to see how terrible someone actually can be, just mess with their money and freeze their bank account. They will literally lose their marbles. I really sympathize with the person in the story because I've been in that situation where you have to deal with some insane Karen only to then have your coworkers throw you under the bus. And it doesn't matter to me that it was a sister location. Whoever said that you're the one that unfroze the account is absolute garbage. And hopefully they don't have a job anymore. So good luck on your job hunt. And I honestly wish you the best because anything's better than working at a bank, in my opinion. I regrettably went on a single date with a coworker, and after trying to break things off and never do it again, he won't leave me alone. I recently moved to a new city after a breakup in December. When I got set up at the new office, I pretty quickly formed a group of work friends that go out to trivia nights. This is how I met Todd, this is not his real name, who also just so happens to work at the company. We work in different departments, so we don't work directly with each other, but we sit almost right next to each other at work. At first, it was very friendly, and everyone got along. But I began noticing that Todd started talking to me more in the office. He came across as a little nervous and I could tell that he liked me. Being newly single after a three-year relationship, I wasn't necessarily looking to jump into anything serious right away so I could enjoy being single for the first time in a while. So I just let it go and continued to be friendly with Todd. Todd eventually worked up the courage to ask me out on a proper date. My thought process was that I was a little worried about going out with a coworker, but we don't exactly work together and I'm newly single, so what's wrong with one date. Plus, we get along well, and I thought he was funny. That's the point of the date, to get to know a person and see if there's a connection. So I said, sure, let's do it. On the date, we went to a really nice restaurant, and the conversation was good. He was a little awkward with his eating habits, which grossed me out a little bit. All in all, it was nice, but I didn't really get that genuine connection that you would hope from a date. After dinner, we went to my place and smoked some herb, if you know what I mean, and played some video games. This is something we had done before as friends with our group, So it wasn't out of the ordinary, except for the fact that we went alone. This is where I feel I screwed up. He asked to kiss me, and I kind of froze and felt awkward, but went for it anyways. All because I'm bad on the spot and was not expecting that, to be completely honest. And the kiss was not good. I have kissed a lot of people, and it's pretty easy for me to kiss people, but this was not it. At this point, I'm beginning to think Todd doesn't go out much. After that, it's a lot of awkward silence before I suggest that I need to go to bed so we can part ways. A few days later, he calls and asks for a second date. I tell him straight up that I prefer to keep our relationship platonic and that I don't want to feel uncomfortable at work while also saying that this isn't really what I want with being newly single. He sounded pretty crushed and said he thought the date went well. I told him I had a nice time, it's just not something I want to continue, but I still appreciate his friendship since he was one of my first friends when I moved here. We hung up and he sounded very upset, which is understandable to some extent. So back at work, I try to continue to be friendly and I'm pretty good at not making things awkward, but I'm also just not a very chatty person in the office. I just want to do my job. A week maybe goes by and Todd asks me at the office once again if he can talk to me outside. He says to me, I'm worried that you hate me because you don't respond to my Snapchats. And I found it a little weird like he's taking that personally. I do snap him, but sometimes my friends just send stuff to each other without necessarily responding to each thing. I mean, come on, it's Snapchat for God's sakes. I try to reassure him that I'm not trying to avoid him or anything like that, stating that it's just how I am. And I've continued to hang out with him in our group's setting outside of work, so it's not like I'm not around him. So I try to snap him more, or whatever, so he doesn't get offended, and at this point, 
I feel like we were working towards a good friendship. We were joking in the office and stuff like that. He asked me if I wanted to go for a bike ride with him one weekend, and I thought to myself, okay, it might be a little awkward doing something one-on-one with him, but it would show that I'm making an effort towards friendship. So I say, sure, let's go. We go on a long bike ride and stop at the park to go for a walk to kind of stretch our legs. And that's when he tries to hold my hand. I immediately say, uh, no. And he responded, I was worried that would happen. Like, yeah, no kidding. You overstepped a boundary. I thought we made it clear at this point. I changed the subject and we just kind of moved past it at that point. The following weekend, our group goes to a baseball game. I personally had a really good time with everyone and it was really cool. I gave Todd and some other friends a ride back to their cars. The next day... Todd calls to tell me, uh, you didn't really hang out much with me at the game. And I thought that was really uncool. And to be honest, at this point, I'm very annoyed with Todd. I'm literally just trying to go about with my life, but he always has some comment to make about how I do or don't interact with him. I respond back to him and I say, is that all you called me for? He says, uh, yeah, I guess. And I just say, uh, I gotta go. And I hang up. He then sends several follow-up text messages apologizing and saying it's just because he's jealous that I hang out with Rebecca, which is my best girlfriend. Also adding on that he's been lonely for a long time. I respond via text and tell him that all his comments are starting to make me uncomfortable and that this is why I didn't want to go out again. I told him I was sorry if I let him on on the first date, but he needs to let it go and respect my boundaries. He shoots back with, can we talk about it? And I say, I can't tonight because I was genuinely busy, but also I was pretty done with him at that point. About an hour later, he sends me a long text message professing his love for me. He barely knows me. He just finally got one kiss from a girl and can't let that go. In his text, he said he would give me space at work. I haven't responded and I haven't talked to him at work. I'm not sure how I should respond or if I should. All I'm going to say to him if he really does want a response is that I think he should get a therapist if he's truly upset that I don't want to go out with him. I should have never kissed him or even agreed to go out because now work is just very uncomfortable, especially since we sit super close to each other. I think it's time to talk to your manager and get your seat moved. I mean, this is crazy. I am all about trying to be a nice person and include everybody around you, but the original poster in this situation, in my opinion, is being way too nice. It's time to set some very clear boundaries and say, hey, this has gone past the point of trying to be friends. You're just being weird at this point. And then leave it at that. If he keeps pursuing it, you need to get HR involved. Because this is stretching into an area that's starting to affect your work. Like, how have you not moved desks? Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you want to sit next to this guy after he sent you creepy text messages and after he made some kind of weird approach on you on a long bike ride? I would personally screenshot everything and document every single interaction you've had with this individual. And no, I don't think you have to respond. If he keeps pushing it, you can just keep pushing back and saying, I'm not interested in you. Leave me alone. If he doesn't leave you alone, then you know where to go from there. Overall, I wish you the best of luck in dealing with this because this sounds like a really frustrating situation, especially in your day-to-day situation where you work with him, which I can only imagine is an absolute nightmare. My husband won't pay any bills and is putting a strain on our relationship. I don't know where to go from here. I came to this country to escape violent abuse and couldn't legally work while I waited for my visa to get approved. It was his idea for me to come over and he told me I'd be safer here, which is true. I walk dogs on the side for money so my partner wouldn't be the only one providing for us. Although he by far was still the breadwinner. A month before we got married, he got let go from his job for reasons that weren't his fault. That was nearly two years ago and ever since, he's not had another full-time job and has been accumulating more and more debt. I got my visa and paid over £3,000 to secure a flat for us. I immediately went into full-time work as soon as my visa was approved. He had a 10-hour-a-week job for about a month or two at one 
point, but was also let go from that one. Since he's funded to go to university, he got student loans every month, put it into his account, but somehow the debt still kept piling. And so he went to drinking when I got home at nearly midnight every night from work. I am so deep in my savings and said as much, but he tells me, You're not broke if you have savings. That's offensive to me who is in debt. All my wages have been going to rent, bills, and keeping us fed. Especially him with the last one, since he likes to eat the house out while I'm away at work. If I didn't work this much, we would have starved to death months ago. He said he didn't want to get another job, because he was in the fourth year of his university and he needed to focus. But promised me he'd be responsible with his loans, and that he'd find a side hustle like fixing computers or phones. And as you can probably guess, none of that happened. Our electricity and gas bill has doubled, and still we need to buy groceries. I was stressed and beginning to hallucinate from the lack of sleep and overworking a physical job. I'm having a few health concerns, but just cannot financially afford to take a day off. He finally got the hint and bought some groceries for once. The day they're meant to be delivered, he gets a call saying his card has been declined. That's when he let me know that he maxed out his 2,000-pound overdraft over the past six months and has 30 pounds to his name on a credit card. I freaked out and asked him where all the money went, only to then see all the beer cans laying around the house while also remembering that every night he'd pick up a four-pack to drink to himself when I got through the door late at night from work. He also spent our hard-earned money on video games and a fancy computer set up in our living room. And now there's no food. I caved and paid the bill myself when he reminded me of the other bills he needs me to pay this month. He tried to guilt trip me by saying he'll have to sell his Nintendo Switch and some of his other stuff, though he doesn't appear to be in any rush because it's all still there and he's still been on his butt drinking, playing video games, and giggling over movies. He told me not to worry because he started a new career in a few days and made sure to stress the point that he'll be making more money than me. So I asked him, great, so that means your employer can give us a generous upfront payment so you can help me pay for some of the bills that are coming in over the next week. He unfortunately did not catch on to the sarcasm, nor did he get the bigger picture. At this point, I just want to leave him, but my visa depends on us being married. I have no good family or connections in my home country. I'm building my career here and all of my relationships are here in the United Kingdom. It is hilarious that I, an immigrant who's busting my butt to keep myself as well as my husband, who's not an immigrant, afloat, but I would be considered the problem if I leave his sorry butt. And either way, I would be the one that suffers. We've been together for nearly a decade, so naturally, I don't want to end it here. But if it wasn't for my visa, I'd be tempted to. What should I do? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is such a terrible situation to be in. I can't imagine being an immigrant into another country and then getting married and then the person you're married to just decides, hey, I'm not going to work. The one thing I can confidently say in this situation is that this lady's husband is a complete deadbeat. This guy has not stepped up to the plate and done anything to support his wife. It's absolutely appalling that he's just sitting there doing nothing, playing video games, burning all their money on alcohol and movies. That is not how you have a functioning relationship. That is just neglectful and absolutely abusive. You would think that he would want better for himself as well as his wife, but he's going to have a very rude wake-up call when his wife finally says, I have no money to pay bills, and they're going to be out on their butts without any possibility of finding solutions. And only then will he finally catch on and get things done. It really is a tragic situation, but I really do hope the original poster finds a solution and is in some way able to secure a future where she actually has someone with her that's going to help her pay the bills. But what would you do if you're in this situation? Leave a comment down below. My roommate ruined her life and our friendship over a man. So so first, a bit of context. Me and my friend, we'll call her Jenny, that's not her real name, we're looking to rent an apartment together. After a dispute with multiple apartment complexes beforehand, my parents ended up buying a townhouse. They liked the city I was living in and decided to make an investment. At the same time, they would let us rent out the place for cheap in order to avoid sleazy college town landlords. They let Jenny rent as well since they believed she was responsible and a good impression on me. So we first moved in maybe over a year ago. We were really excited about having a nice private place. Everything was fine and we had no real problems. That is until she adopted her dog. This dog by the name of Bella was a big hound dog. Now this is important because we live in a small townhouse with a very limited yard. Not only that, but the dog was surrendered by a previous family because she was easily excitable and was dangerous around very young children. Bella was not potty trained and knew no discipline, so she was very hard to control. We basically had to keep a constant eye on her. Granted, Jenny seemed to love Bella and took care of her. However, she never took the time to train Bella, so the bad behaviors only worsened. Poor Bella did not have the room to run around or play in our very small backyard, so she was always full of energy, and that energy was mostly destructive. And again, she was a hound dog, so she barked all day, day in and day out. Flash forward about seven months to winter around Christmas time. Jenny had broken up with her toxic boyfriend, who lived in the house rent-free. And at the time, this was a recent breakup. She was going through a phase where she was hooking up with a few dudes on Tinder. I didn't mind as as long as her awful ex didn't come back. She met a man by the name of Dylan, this is also not his real name, and right away he was a walking red flag. I swear this man threw a whole tantrum at this girl when she left a party before he got there and he was mad that she didn't stay just for him. I tried to tell Jenny as a concerned friend who has seen a thing or two from crappy men that he was not good for her and that she should date the nice country man instead who went out of his way to take good care of her. Long story short, she ended up with Dylan. As soon as they got together, she practically 
completely disappeared. She stopped staying the night at the house almost every night. No biggie except for the fact that Bella was always left at the house. This mostly meant that I was the one to take care of the dog every single night. Now, I don't mind helping out, but I did not get the dog because I did not want that responsibility. Gradually, over the next two to three weeks after dating Dylan, she spent less and less time at the house. After the dog started to pee on the carpets more and more frequently, it started to become a major chore and it was becoming too much to handle. I texted her saying, hey, you should take Bella with you to your boyfriend's place or you guys can spend the night here, but I am getting a lot of stress because I cannot handle this. After I sent that, I was just completely brushed off. Another week goes by and it's the same stuff that keeps on happening. I'm getting sicker, more stressed out. I send another text, this time much more direct, saying something to the fact of, hey, if you are going to be away for so long, you need to take care of Bella. I am very stressed out and she is not my dog. Jenny calls me after this and I tell her she needs to take care of her. I get screamed at as I'm responding to her and she just hangs up. Everything is tense at the house and I start to become incredibly uncomfortable in my own home. At random times of the day, Jenny and her boyfriend come by to let Bella out once a day and spend 15 to 25 minutes in the house. After visiting, they leave for the rest of the day. Bella now only really gets care from me and I'm becoming more and more enraged. Without me being there, Bella would not get care for over 36 hours some days. And at work, she pees on the floor and tears things up. So after a long day at a minimum wage job, I can look forward to the messes I get to clean up. With things so tense in the house, I install a lock on my door. I mean, people I don't know are coming into my house at random times of the day. So to me, I think that's fair. But apparently I was wrong. Jenny decided that in response, she will lock Bella in her room. I did not have a key to the room, and poor Bella had nobody to take care of her. Jenny continued that same pattern of visits, and sooner or later, the whole house started to smell like dog pee. I started getting my parents, who are the landlords, involved in the situation at this point. She eventually stopped paying rent. At this point, my parents were incredibly angry, especially at the damage the dog caused and the general treatment Bella has had. My parents gave my friend one last opportunity to leave without issues. They gave her a termination for her lease that she can agree to, so that way she wouldn't have an eviction on her record. She never signed, but agreed to move out as she was wanting to move in with her boyfriend anyways. But she stayed past the time limit my parents gave her, like weeks by the way, and was practically just trying to use the house as a kennel for her dog. So after many warnings, they had to push for an eviction. With the massive amount of evidence stacked against her, she very quickly lost the case. She has since moved out. We had to tear up the floors because of how ruined the carpet was. I was finally able to relax and get my life back in order. But here's the kicker. A friend that works with Jenny is a friend of mine as well. At her party today, she filled me in on basically what happened afterwards. Bella was given away and they now have two puppies instead. Apparently, her boyfriend was cheating on her since the beginning. She lost the management position she had and was demoted. They also have a joint bank account that has been scammed. She is sad she has no friends and no place to live. Basically, all the stuff everyone thought would happen did happen. And while I don't feel sorry for Jenny in the slightest... I just hope that Bella gets that big yard that she absolutely deserves. This is such a sad story, and the person who owns that dog is a terrible person. The person with the made-up name of Jenny is an absolute horrible dog owner. She would lock that dog in her room for hours on end. Not only that, but she would completely neglect it when she did spend time with it. That dog deserves so much better, and I'm actually kind of glad that they gave it away, because that lady was not treating that dog nicely. Those kinds of dogs do need big backyards. They need to be able to run and get their energy out. Otherwise, they're going to do exactly what they did in the story, tear things up and ruin somebody's house. It is such a sad situation, but honestly, 
Emily for the original poster, it's probably the best thing that could happen to her because she got away from a crazy roommate and that dog got away from Jenny. And hopefully, just like the original poster said, I hope Bella is able to get that big backyard that they absolutely deserve. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright free music to use for your next stream.